Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stock futures surge as we begin this holiday-shortened trading week. We speak exclusively with Elon Musk about Twitter, Tesla, and politics. More calls this morning for a U.S. recession. And Wall Street braces for congressional testimony this week from Fed Chair Jay Powell. New York passes landmark voting rights legislation, plus it's day four of January 6th hearings. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. Another near no-hitter for the Yankees. They get their 50th win. Shutout win for the Mets. Tampa Bay beat Colorado in the Stanley Cup final. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 65 points, Dow futures up 481, NASDAQ futures up 205. 10-year Treasury down 1230 seconds, the yield 3.27 percent, the yield on the two-year 3.20 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.2 percent, up $2.44 at $112 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, we begin with an exclusive interview with Elon Musk at the Qatar Economic Forum. The Tesla CEO sat down for a wide-ranging conversation with Bloomberg News Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite. They discussed everything from the economy to politics and, of course, Musk's proposed acquisition of Twitter. There are still um, a few unresolved matters. Uh, you've, you've probably read about the, the question as to whether the number of um, fake and spam users on the system is less than 5% as Twitter claims, um, which I think is probably not most people's experience uh, on when using Twitter. Um, so we're still awaiting resolution on that matter, um, and that, that is uh, a very significant matter. Um, so uh, we're, we're awaiting resolution on that. Um, and then, of course, uh, there is the question of uh, will the uh, the debt portion of the uh, round uh, come together, and then will the shareholders vote in favor? Elon Musk speaking with Bloomberg from the Qatar Economic Forum in Doha. The Tesla CEO also talks politics, cryptocurrencies, and the future of Tesla. Stay tuned for more of that exclusive interview coming up shortly here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, again, Nathan, futures are higher as we begin a shortened holiday trading week. The rally comes after nearly $2 trillion in market value as a race from the S&P 500 last week. There could be more losses ahead, according to Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs. Morgan Stanley's Michael Wilson says stocks need to drop another 15 to 20 percent for the market to fully reflect this scale of economic contraction. Well, perhaps the biggest event for markets this week, Karen, will be congressional testimony from Jay Powell. The Fed chair delivers the central bank's semiannual report on monetary policy. We'll see tomorrow. 
Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice reports. Powell told Congress the Fed's commitment to battling the worst inflation in 40 years is unconditional, just days after launching the largest Fed interest rate increase in 28 years. An advanced text of the Fed's report to lawmakers says it's committed to doing what's needed to get the job done and that price stability is necessary to support a strong U.S. labor market. Powell will testify to the Senate Banking Committee on Wednesday and the House Financial Services Committee on Thursday. Vinny Dell, Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thank you. Well, there are more calls at an impending recession this morning. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Elon Musk, Norio Rubini, and Goldman Sachs are the latest to warn that the U.S. economy could fall into a recession. While Musk predicts it happening sometime in the near future, Goldman Sachs now sees a 30% chance of a recession over the next year. That's up from 15% previously and a 25% chance of entering a recession in the second year if one is avoided in the first. Robini expects a U.S. recession by the end of this year. We're not yet in a recession, but we're getting very close to it. My baseline is one of the hard landing. Robini Macro Associate CEO Norio Robini says the U.S. economy is experiencing a number of negative aggregate supply shocks. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, President Biden's pushing back on those calls for a recession. I was uh, talking to Larry Summers this morning, and uh, there's nothing inevitable about a recession. President Biden spoke with reporters in Delaware yesterday. He was referring to former Treasury Secretary and current Bloomberg contributor Larry Summers. Meantime, Nathan, President Biden said he is aiming to decide this week whether to suspend the federal gasoline tax. Bloomberg said Baxter has that story. The president is being careful at this point, saying he is looking for more data, but sounds confident. Well, I hope I have a decision based on that I'm looking for by, uh, by the end of the week. He and his administration are trying to find ways to ease the soaring prices at the pump, and his Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen also sounds like she likes the idea. I think, while not perfect, it is something that should be under under consideration. So consideration it is, and we should have an answer by the end of the week. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Ed. Secretary Yellen says another way to lower gas prices could involve Russian oil exports. We are talking about price caps or a price exception that would enhance and strengthen recent and proposed energy restrictions by Europe, the United States, the U.K., and others that would push down the price of Russian oil and depress Putin's revenues while allowing more oil supply to reach the global market. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen spoke at a news conference in Toronto alongside Canadian Finance Minister Christian Freeland. Well, Nathan, the CEO of ExxonMobil, says global oil markets may remain tight for another three to five years, largely because of a lack of investment since the pandemic began. Darren Woods says it'll take time for oil firms to catch up to ensure there's enough supply. Thoughtful conversations about uh, investments across that whole portfolio of solution sets needed to provide affordable and reliable energy while reducing emissions is the path forward. ExxonMobil CEO Darren Woods made the comments at the Qatar Economic Forum in Doha. And on the M&A front, Karen, the battle over Spirit Airlines is taking off. JetBlue is raising its offer to buy the bargain carrier, valuing Spirit at about $3.7 billion dollars. That follows Spirit's decision to delay a shareholder vote on its pending deal with Frontier Airlines. That vote is now set for June 30th. Futures are on the rise this morning. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
607 on Wall Street. We're at 64 degrees now in Central Park. Still dealing with the overturned tractor trailer southbound Route 17 at Lake Street in Upper Saddle River. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor's Kathy Hochul signed a law intended to prevent local officials from enacting rules that might suppress people's voting rights because of their race. The John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act is named after the late civil rights activist who represented Georgia in the U.S. House. Governor Kathy Hochul. Across the country, we're seeing stricter voter ID laws, shorter early voting periods, and more burdens when you're trying to just vote by mail. We're seeing people purged on voter rolls. Governor Hochul says we're going to change our election laws so we no longer hurt minority communities. The House January 6th committee is set to hear from local officials who fended off Donald Trump's pressure to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Representative Adam Schiff, set to lead today's hearing, told CNN that Trump campaign scheme unsuccessfully depended on hopes that state legislators would approve the big lie. And when they didn't, Trump turned to pressuring state officials. We'll show evidence of the president's involvement uh, in this scheme. Representative Schiff and the panel today will hear testimony from Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger about Trump's call asking him to find over 11,000 votes to prevent Joe Biden's election victory. Alabama's Republican primary is today. Congressman Mo Brooks lost the former president's endorsement in part for saying it was time to move on from the 2020 election. Trump then chose to back Katie Britt. Other states conducting elections today are Virginia and Georgia. An out-of-control city cab on a Manhattan street struck a bicyclist and pinned two Ohio tourists to a wall on a sidewalk. It happened yesterday at 29th Street and Broadway. Good Samaritans rushed to the scene to free them and treat their injuries, including two women pinned against the building by the taxi. Deputy Police Chief John Chell. About 15 to 20 New Yorkers attempted to pick this cab off these women. Okay. In total, we have six victims at the hospital, including the cab driver. Deputy Police Chief Chell. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. Six oh nine on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, Yanks up to 50 wins in four of them. A Yankee starter has flirted with a no-hitter once with Nestor Cortez, also Jamison Tyone. Now twice with Garrett Cole on the mound. He lost the no-hitter with a clean single up the middle, leading off the Tampa Bay eighth inning. Clay Holmes came in, having not a lot of runs since opening day, and the Rays got to him. Two hits and a walk. They scored twice in the eighth to tie the game. Yanks then scored twice in the ninth. Aaron Hicks, the big hit, a triple. Wandy Peralta worked out of a jam bottom of the ninth. Aaron Boone's team won four to two. They put a couple balls in play on us. We're able to tie the game, and it's 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 right back to let's go find a way to, to get this thing done. And um, you know, we talk about you keep playing. You know, there's things that happen over the course of a game, over the course of a season that are, you know. <clears throat> Sometimes out of your control, you got to just keep playing. Yankees have won 10 of 11. Rays have lost 6 of 7. Red Sox have moved ahead of them into third place. Matinee at City Field. Easy win for the Mets. 6 nothing over the Marlins. Three hits for Brandon Nimmo. Three RBIs for Eduardo Escobar. David Peterson got the win. Mets win another series. They've played 21 series. They've only lost three of them. Atlanta won in the bottom of the ninth inning. They stay five and a half games behind the Mets. Home ice has meant a lot throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. That was 
certainly true for the Rangers. And now in the Cup final, home team 3-0 and after Colorado won in overtime. And then 7 nothing. Tampa Bay won game 3, 6-2. The Lightning have won 8 in a row at home. The Athletic reports Kyrie Irving likely to turn down his $37 million option with the Nets, become a free agent. And that the Knicks could be interested. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. All right, John, thanks. S&P futures right now up 66 points. Dow futures up 487. NASDAQ futures are higher by 204 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 11.30 seconds. The yield, 3.26%. Yield on the two-year, 3.20%. Much more from our exclusive one-on-one conversation with Tesla CEO Elon Musk from the Cotter Economic Forum straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business. Top-ranked online MBA program with a real-world foundation. Learn more at hofstra.edu slash go grab. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are rising in Europe and Asia. U.S. stock index futures pointing higher. Treasuries are retreating. This all comes amid improved investor sentiment compared with last week's round in global shares. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up about 67 points. Dow futures up 495. And Nasdaq futures up 208. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. CAC in Paris up 1.6%. And the FTSE 100 up 9 tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds, yield 3.26%. The yield on the two-year, 3.20%. NYMEX crude oil is on the rise, up 2.3%, up $2.52 at $112.08 a barrel. COMEX gold is down about two-tenths percent, or $2.90 at $1,837.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0557 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2296. And the yen at 135.38. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, it is higher, up 3.5% at $21,150. Today we are watching for a report on existing home sales. It's out at 10 o'clock Wall Street time. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you kindly. Aides to the January 6th committee say today's public hearing will focus on efforts by former President Trump and his allies to pressure state-level officials to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Key witnesses include Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. President Joe Biden said he is aiming to decide this week whether to move to suspend the federal gasoline tax in a bid to ease the impact of soaring prices at the pump. Russian President Vladimir Putin's spokesman said two U.S. veterans captured in Ukraine could face the death penalty. They say that the Geneva Conventions likely don't apply as Moscow doesn't consider the men part of the National Army. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. Other winners include the Red Sox. The Giants, they lost. In the NHL Stanley Cup Final, the Lightning won Game 3 over the Avalanche 6-2. Colorado still leads the series two games to one. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks very much. It is 6.20 now on Wall Street. 
Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We now bring you a special interview with the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk. He uh, spoke about reducing Tesla's salaried workforce and who he could support in the 2024 U.S. presidential election. Elon Musk spoke with Bloomberg News Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite from the Qatar Economic Forum in Doha, powered by Bloomberg. Can you set the record straight on one thing, which is this issue about the layoffs? I think you said initially that Tesla, 10% of the workforce would be cut, then 10% of salary would be cut, then salary would stay flat and overall headcount would go up. What, what, what is the number? I know there's already, I think, been a, a lawsuit about the 10%. Is is 10% the goal to reduce the workforce? Or what is the number that we should think about or that you're planning? Yes. Uh, so Tesla is reducing the salaried workforce by roughly 10% um, over the next probably three months or so. Um, the uh, We expect to grow our, our um, hourly workforce. Uh, it's quite clear that we expect to grow our, our hourly workforce, um, but we uh, we grew very fast with, on, the, on the salary side, um, and we grew a little too fast in some areas, and so it requires a reduction in the salaried workforce. And we're about two-thirds uh, hourly and one-third salary. So I guess technically a 10% reduction in the salaried workforce is only roughly a 3 3.5% reduction in total headcount. Um, now, I think, I, think uh, num- I think that number is important legally, isn't it? Because I think people are trying to say, if you if you're going to lay off 10% of your workforce, you have even in America to make an announcement about that. We did make an announcement. <laughs> um, okay. y- yes, um, let, let's not read too much into a, a preemptive law- lawsuit that has no standing. Um, that, 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 that is a, a small lawsuit of minor consequence that just anything that related to Tesla gets big headlines, but it is whether it, it is, um, you know, a, a bicycle accident or something much more serious. Uh, it's still, it, it, it seems like anything related to Tesla gets a lot of clicks, whether, for, whether it is trivial or significant. Uh, I would put that lawsuit referring to in the trivial category. Um, so uh, a year from now, I think our headcount will be higher in both uh, salaried and obviously in hourly. Um, but in the short term of the next few months, uh, we expect to see, like I said, roughly a 10% reduction in uh, salaried, salaried workforce, which is actually just really only a 3 3.5% reduction in total headcount and uh, not uh, super material. Should we jump to that, that, that third Elon Musk, the, the uncontroversial one in politics? Uh, you, you've indicated that the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, is someone you could get behind if he ran for president. I wondered if you're still in that position and whether you would, for instance, think about supporting Donald Trump if he were to run. Well, I was simply asked um, if there was... Um, if, if I had decided on, on who I would be supporting in the next presidential race... And I said, uh, I have not decided, uh, who I would support. Then I was asked, well, who might you be leaning towards? I said, possibly DeSantis. And now, and now I'm asking you about Trump, whether you would consider him? 
Um, I think uh, I'm undecided at this point on that election. I wondered, you, you talked about putting money behind a super moderate super PAC in the U.S. Yes. And I wondered, how much money do you think you're going to put into that? What kind of support would you push? I have not decided on an amount, but it would be some, some non-trivial figure, I think. Um, I mean, at least sort of on the order of points. Non-trivial could mean a lot. Sorry? Non-trivial could mean a lot of money with you, I, I was guessing. Well, uh, I don't know. I've not decided on the exact amount, but um, perhaps it would be 20 or $25 million. Just on that issue, I mean, again, you look at DeSantis, what DeSantis says, um, you look at what Trump says, um, and, and those sort of politicians, they, again, are people who make a large noise about China. And I wondered whether you thought that was also an issue for you in terms of business in China. Um, well, no, I don't, I don't think so. Straight good morning. I'm Karen Moscow along with Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg Daybreak and we're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Up first, U.S. futures are surging this morning. Last week, $2 trillion in market value was erased from the S&P 500. This week, markets react to congressional testimony from Fed Chair Jay Powell, who delivers a central bank's semi-annual report on monetary policy tomorrow. Well, ahead of that, Karen, calls for a pending recession are growing louder. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the details. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Elon Musk and Goldman Sachs are the latest to warn that the U.S. economy could fall into a recession. While Musk predicts it happening sometime in the near future, Goldman Sachs now sees a 30% chance of entering a recession over the next year. That's up from 15% previously. And Robini Macro Associate CEO Norio Robini expects a U.S. recession by the end of this year and says the economy is experiencing a number of negative aggregate supply shocks. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Over the weekend in Delaware, President Biden pushed back on those recession calls. He said a contraction is not inevitable following a conversation with former Treasury Secretary and current Bloomberg contributor Larry Summers. I think overall the picture is still a very stretched uh, economy. Summers made the remarks on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week with David Weston. Catch the program every weekend on Bloomberg Radio and Television. As prices rise at the gas pump, President Biden's deciding whether to suspend the federal gasoline tax. I hope I have a decision based on that I'm looking for by, uh, by the end of the week. Now, President Biden says he's looking for more data ahead of that decision he expects to make later this week. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she supports the idea. Meantime, ExxonMobil says global oil markets may remain tight for another three to five years. CEO Darren Woods made the comments at the Qatar Economic Forum, saying it's largely due to a lack of investment since the pandemic began. And we have some M&A news this morning, Karen. JetBlue is raising its offer to buy bargain carrier Spirit Airlines. The new bid values the company at about $3.7 billion. 
And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And right now, futures are higher. S&P futures up 67 points. Dow futures up 497. And NASDAQ futures up 209. 10-year Treasury down 1130 seconds. The yield 3.26%. And the yield on the two-year, 3.20%. NYMEX crude oil is up 2.3%. Up $2.52 at $112.08 a barrel. The euro, 1.056. Five against the dollar and Bitcoin this morning is higher up twenty one thousand one hundred eighty dollars. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. Six thirty three on Wall Street. Sixty five degrees in Central Park. Starting to see a volume build up in the Hudson River crossings. We'll get the details for you in traffic. First, Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a state law protecting voting rights at a signing ceremony in Brooklyn. Governor Hochul said New York is preserving voting rights while they are under attack around the country. The shocking revelation that there are people out there who were so firm in their belief that Donald Trump should remain their president, fostered by him, that they literally attacked our capital. Governor Hochul says the John Lewis Voting Rights of New York is named after federal legislation that passed the House last year but has not yet passed the Senate. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection convenes again later today for its fourth public hearing. This time, the hearing is from mostly Republican officials on how former President Donald Trump and his allies tried to convince them to break the law and turn the Trump election losses into wins. New York City police are still investigating what caused a yellow cab to jump a curb in midtown Manhattan, injuring six people. Police say the cab struck a cyclist on Broadway, then veered off the road, jumped the sidewalk, and struck two women on the sidewalk, pinning them against the wall of a building. Up to 20 passers-by immediately jumped into action, trying to lift the cab off the two women. New York Mayor Eric Adams. They clearly responded to help uh, those who uh, were injured. They didn't know if they were tourists or not. They just responded in a normal way that New Yorkers do. Mayor Adams says two of the injured were tourists from Ohio. Two more were visiting from Mexico. All of the victims are expected to recover. Anguish, sorrow, tears, and questions last night during the first school board meeting after the horrific massacre inside the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Several investigations are underway trying to find out why the school system's police chief waited for over an hour to storm the classroom and end the shooting rampage. At the school board meeting, this man asked for the chief, Pete Arredondo, to be fired. Send them on this duty, call it whatever you want to call it. Suspend them pending termination. It's an insult to injury. Nineteen children and two teachers died. Tens of thousands of railway workers have walked off the job in Britain, bringing the train network to a crawl in the country's biggest transit strike in three decades. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Yankees thought they had win number 50 Sunday in Toronto. Blue Jays suddenly scored seven runs over the seventh and eighth innings and won 10 to 9. An eighth inning struggle for the Yanks again at Tampa Bay. The Rays didn't have a hit off Garrett Cole for the first seven. They broke up the no-hitter, and then they got to Clay Holmes, who had not allowed a run since opening day. They scored twice. The game was tied in the ninth inning. And the runner goes. 
Swung on and hit in the air to right. Deep. Margot back against the wall. That ball is off the wall. And Margot is down. The center fielder has to go retrieve the ball. Donaldson will score. Hicks will stop at third. And the Yankees take a 3-2 lead on a triple by Aaron Hicks. On WFAN, the Yankees won 4-2, so they've won 10 of 11, 17 of the last 19. Mets won a day game, but the Marlins 6-0. David Peterson got the win as the Mets improved to 24-10 at City Field. They've called up Don Smith. He's coming back from the minors. They'll find out today about Jeff McNeil's hamstring injury headed for an MRI. McNeil batting 327. Stanley Cup final at Tampa Bay. The Lightning bounced back from that 7-0 loss in game two. Scored four times second period. Beat Colorado 6-2 with six different goal scores. The Avs now lead the series 2-1. A report in the Athletic that there is an impasse between the Nets and Kyrie Irving. The writing was on the wall with comments made by Nets GM Sean Marks. He said he wants players who are selfless and available and that's not Kyrie, who thinks he and Kevin Durant should have a managerial role with the team. If Irving rejects his $37 million option, he becomes a free agent. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Okay, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta on a risk on return to a holiday shortened week. Good morning, Creedy. What's good got morning. your eye? Uh, you decided a very good day to come back, Nathan. Uh-huh. The dream team is back <laughs> here. Uh, I want to start morning. off with Leonard. You did have a, or I've been told it's pronounced Lenar. Yeah, I think it's I've Lenar. Heard it, yeah. I've heard it both ways, but let's go with Lenar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> L-E-N is your ticker, up 1.2%. Of course, this is the home builders company. This is really important here because as we talk about the cracks in the economy, Lenar or Lenar, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna make that mistake <laughs> all day long. I can already tell. They come out with earnings. They beat their earnings, their purchase contracts rose 4% from a year earlier. But get this, Nathan, this really speaks to the strength of the greenback here. The dollar value of its deals increased 20%. So purchase contracts up 4%. The dollar value increased 20%. Once again, it speaks to the strength of the dollar. And I think this quote is really interesting here uh, from their CEO. They said the weight of a rapid doubling of interest rates over six months together with accelerated price appreciation began to drive buyers in many markets to pause and reconsider, we began to see these effects after the quarter end. So basically, he's going on and he's warning, well, some of these interest rate hikes that we've seen, um, the 50 basis points in, in June, in May, excuse me, and 75 yeah. basis points that we saw last week as well, those are going to have effects, perhaps delayed effects, but effects nonetheless on the housing market. Yeah, really interesting macro perspective there. wonder if you're looking at uh, some of the stocks related to Elon Musk after his uh, interview overnight with our John Micklethwaite. Yeah, I mean, how can you start a week without talking about Elon Musk? You have mm-hmm. to. So let's start with Tesla and Twitter. I'll give you the share action first. TSLA up about 3.4% in the pre-market. Twitter as well up about 2.7% in the pre-market. This comes after, of course, Elon Musk beats with our very own John Micklethwaite, our editor-in-chief over at the Cutter Economic Forum, saying uh, that the CEO label at the social media firm was less important than driving the product, something he has said before, and that Tesla will cut its salaried workforce by about 10% over the next three months. So the the takeaway here for both markets, because remember Twitter and Tesla, they tend to have that inverse relationship. When one goes up, the other goes down. Um, the idea here is that he is still actively talking about this deal. So anytime he suggests any sort of interest or plans or anything like that, it does boost Twitter shares. And that's kind of the, at least the mindset in the pre-market that Twitter shares or Twitter investors are really pushing the stock higher. The Tesla part is interesting because they're talking about cutting costs. And remember, they've already uh, hiked their prices as well 
welfare thing for the third time last week uh, yeah. this year. So really, they're dealing with macroeconomic issues and investors seeing, well, look, they're working even harder to uh, to get those costs under control. Yeah, and he keeps saying he sees a recession coming pretty soon. Thanks for this, Creedy. As always, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets Correspondent. Kriti Gupta. Right now, S&P futures are higher, up 66 points. Dow futures up 490. NASDAQ futures higher by 207 points. The 10-year Treasury down 13.30 seconds, yield 3.27%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Chance for afternoon showers today with a high near 80 degrees. And can't rule out the shower and storm risk tomorrow or the next day. Right now, clear sky, 65 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We get to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Tatiana Dario. Tatiana, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Like you said, it's green on the screen for U.S. stocks today. Dow up 500 points. S&P's up 70. NASDAQ up 200. Treasuries are struggling, however. The U.S. 10-year yield higher by five basis points to two to 3.27%. A looking cross asset, oil is up 2%. And Bitcoin is higher, holding a Above 21,000. On the economic front today, existing home sales for May at 10 o'clock. And in early trading, Tesla is up 3% after CEO Musk said the company will be cutting its salaried workforce by about 10%. And Revlon extending last week's rally after filing for bankruptcy. Those shares are up 14% this morning. Regarding earnings, home builder Lennar beat revenue estimates. And in deal news, Spirit Airlines is rallying after JetBlue raised its offer to 3350 from 3150 and wrapping things up international paper and restaurant cut to neutral at city and adobe was downgraded to equal weight by morgan stanley live from the first and breaking news desk i'm tatiana daria karen all right tatiana thank you and to hear live breaking news of your bloomberg type squawk on your terminal sqawk and that's a bloomberg business flash now here's michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world michael karen thank you very much today's january 6th committee hearing on capitol hill will focus on what panel members say was former president trump's unprecedented push to get states to reject the 2020 election results. Former Vice President Pence called January 6th the tragic day while blasting Democrats for the hearings. The Supreme Court has a number of cases to finish that could come today. After a leaked draft opinion, court watchers expect the Supreme Court will overturn part or all of Roe v. Wade's decision guaranteeing women the right to an abortion. In baseball, the Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox won. The Giants lost. In the NHL Stanley Cup final, the Lightning won game three over the Avalanche. On this first day of summer, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Big, boxy apartment buildings are multiplying faster than ever. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Amid the materials, shortages, price hikes, and other craziness of the housing market last year, Something remarkable happened. U.S. builders completed more apartments in large buildings than ever before. They didn't build more apartments overall. The multifamily construction records set in the early 1970s appear to be safe for all time. But back then, 
Most new apartments were in buildings of less than 20 units. Now 85% are in buildings of 20 units or more, and 57% in buildings of 50 units or more. What's driving this? Mainly the economics of building. Getting permission to build is harder than it used to be, and institutional investors and other big players increasingly dominate multifamily development. So projects have to be substantial to be worth the effort. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report, and a top 10 for best career placement among public schools by the Princeton Review. More at njit.edu. And here's what's making news now in science, technology, engineering, and math. In China, the coronavirus outbreak is shifting to its south coast. A flare-up in Shenzhen has triggered mass testing and a lockdown of some neighborhoods. Meanwhile, gambling hub Macau is racing to stop its first outbreak in eight months. Intel seeking $625 million in interest from the European Commission following a historic court victory that overturned a billion-dollar antitrust fine earlier this year. In a challenge at the EU's general court, Intel asked the Luxembourg-based tribunal to order the EU to pay the sum, saying the amount consists of default interests on the main fine, minus the interest the commission had already paid back. And NASA fueled its huge moon rocket for the first time yesterday and went ahead with a critical countdown test despite a fuel-line leak. This was NASA's fourth crack at the all-important dress rehearsal, the last major milestone before the new moon rocket's long-awaited launch debut. The testing delays have pushed the actual launch with an empty Orion capsule flying around the moon and back to the end of August at the earliest. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 6.52 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden saying recession is avoidable after a talk over the weekend with former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers. President saying he's close to decisions on a gas tax holiday and student debt. And the January 6th committee returns with a focus on Georgia and Mark Meadows' role. For more on all these stories, we are joined this morning by Bloomberg Washington correspondent, host of Sound On on Bloomberg Radio, Joe Matthew. Joe, good morning. Well, the president may be downplaying the risk of recession, but Wall Street certainly is not. That's for sure. Uh, You know, and it's interesting when you hear the president talk, you have to remember, well, this is the president of the United States who goes out of his or her way in the future to not talk down the economy for starters. If you're the president, you're not going to say that a, a recession is guaranteed. But I would encourage people to to listen to the full remarks that the president made on the beach. Nothing is inevitable is the headline. Mm -hmm. But he went on to say that I think we're going to be able to get a change in Medicare and a reduction in the cost of insulin. As he's talking about this package of legislation that may or may not see the light of day, Nathan, aimed at lowering costs. It's kind of a rebuild of the Build Back Better plan that failed to pass last year. It's a much smaller version. There was a meeting on this last week with congressional leaders. This is real. It could pass through reconciliation. If you remember this stuff from last year, as we all learned, Schoolhouse Rock, that would be Democrats only voting. But we don't know if Joe Manchin is on board with this. There's no legislation to vote on yet and no guarantee that it could pass. So if if you take that off the table, I wonder what the president might say about a recession in that case. It could be a bit more likely. 
Yeah, and when he's talking about things like bringing down insulin prices and prescription drugs, I mean, those are really things on the margins compared to the big package that he had been looking for before those talks broke down. Is there any mm-hmm. reason at this point, Joe, to think that the new talks, the talks that are still underway, will have any better chance of success? Well, I think you could argue that in principle they'd have a better chance because it's smaller. If you remember all the time we spent hashing out what the final price tag would be for Joe Manchin's appetite, would it be one point five? trillion, as he said, that was his top line number. Could it be more or less than that? There are a lot of things that we learned during that experience that I don't think the White House and, and Democratic leaders on Capitol Hill uh, uh, will be looking to relive. If this happens, it's going to be something much more stripped down, but also, therefore, uh, could have less impact. They're also talking about a couple of other ideas, though, Nathan. A gas tax holiday is still on the table, they say. And even rebate cards that you'd use at the gas pump. The president was asked about this on his beach walk as well. All on the table, he says. But these would require congressional approval. They are not new ideas. And in some cases, including the gas tax holiday, legislation's already out there. It's really not for Joe Biden to decide uh, as Congress would need to vote on it. Yeah, and one other thing that the president mentioned is that he plans to meet with oil industry executives this week. Mm -hmm. He has been really harsh on the oil industry over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and interesting, he's not going to be in that meeting himself. He was asked by reporters there. He said, no, my team is going to be doing that, remembering that ExxonMobil, Chevron, and others responded to take issue with the letter that the White House sent last week, saying that they were not investing. They were simply taking uh, these massive profits, more money than God, I think is how he put it in terms of Exxon, and sending it back to shareholders, either by by way of dividends or stock repurchases, as opposed to putting it into the ground. We have a a major refining bottleneck here that also needs to be acknowledged. We haven't built a new refinery in this country since the 1970s, and more of them are slated to close. So this is a complicated conversation, and it's one that apparently the president will not be in the room for himself. In our last minute here, Joe, can you tee up the next round of January 6th hearings coming up this afternoon for us? Yeah, this is uh, it's an afternoon session. starts 1 o'clock Washington time, not in prime time. And today it's going to be focusing on the, the pressure uh, that Donald Trump and, and his associates put on state legislatures and state lawmakers, including Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who just uh, survived a primary challenge from a Trump-endorsed candidate. They're, we're going to be hearing from Arizona, Georgia, and other states. States that were getting the phone calls and getting the pressure from Donald Trump and Mark Meadows in that time. We also expect to have new video today, Nathan. Uh, Politico just reporting now from a documentary maker who was embedded with Trump himself on the campaign trail and in the White House the days leading up to and after January 6th. Much more to watch from the January 6th hearings this afternoon. I imagine we'll have much more analysis coming up on Bloomberg Sound on with Joe Matthew weekdays 5 p.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio. Joe, as always, thanks for being with us this morning. And you can read much more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Heading into a holiday shortened trading week, we're starting off with gains for risk assets. We have S&P futures right now up 65 points. Dow futures up 476. NASDAQ futures Higher by 208 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 13 30 seconds for a yield of 3.27%. Yield on the two-year close to 3.21%. NYMEX crude up 2.3% or $2.52, $112.08 a barrel. COMEX gold down two tenths percent or four dollars ten cents, eighteen thirty-six fifty an ounce. Bitcoin right around twenty-one thousand dollars. 
Bloomberg Surveillance is next for Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.